Amen. Hey, that's right. We are in our wonderful study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. And we are on topic number seven, rhymes with Roman Catholicism. Bobby, is exactly what it is. And so we're going to continue on. By way of recap, we've already seen by the evidence, by the facts, and uh, not just myself, but a lot of researchers, Roman Catholicism, when you look at their belief systems from their own material, it is pseudo-Christian. It is fake. It is not Christian. It is a cult, and it fits a cult by definition of biblical, biblical and secular definitions. And frankly, it's demonic, because uh, with John chapter 8, when Jesus was confronting the truth, what did the people there want to do to him? Kill him, called him demonic, said, you're the false teacher, get out of here. And, all that stuff. and that's still being done today with the Catholic Church. Certainly, with the, we saw in the history with the Inquisitions uh, and the murderous uh, spirit, uh, same thing. And it's still in effect today, most people don't realize that. And where is it leading to? We saw it's leading to Revelation 17, the woman, the one world religion harlot, which is what the popes right now and the Catholic Church are trying to do, is to get all the religions on the planet under one headship, them, and they're riding the beast, the one world antichrist. Uh, government system. They want total control of religions and the government, and for the first part, first half, and into the second half, they're going to have it, but uh, then God's going to allow the Antichrist to burn Babylon, uh, Revelation 17 and 18. Then we saw, they fit, again, the signs of a cult. How do you know that somebody is uh, following a cult? They're believing in occult beliefs and things of that nature. Well, it always starts with the authority, the nature of God and Trinity, the personal work of Jesus Christ, the nature of man, and the means of salvation. Man, if all things you don't want to get wrong, it's that. And unfortunately, just like Jehovah's Witnesses, just like Mormons, just like a bunch of other ones, uh, Roman Catholicism teaches a false gospel. It's a gospel of works, and that's not what the Bible says. Then we said, well, what else? That's bad enough. Well, now we're at that point, and we started last time with something that Ron Waxer has dealt with a majority of his life, and that's Mary worship. <laughs> right? Ron, are you going to tell us your secret? Just... She's always right. Is that the secret? Okay. But let's just move on. No, it's not that kind of Mary worship. It is the biblical Mary. And unfortunately, she's a great godly woman, right? And praise God, what a privilege to be chosen uh, to give birth to the Messiah. But the Catholics have frankly turned her into an idol. Okay, and we're going to see that even deeper tonight, part two. And again, we saw that the popes were in on that. Now, for those of you who may not have been here last week, again, we are just quoting from the Catholic teachings, the, the, the writings of the popes, the catechism, the Catholic catechism. So let me give you just a little, again, smattering of just all the things that they say about the biblical Mary and frankly turn it extremely unbiblical, okay, and literally into an idol to worship, okay? And here's what it says. The Catholic Church says that Mary is, and I quote, the all-holy ever-virgin mother of God. She is our advocate, helper, benefactress, mediatrix. She is the one who's full of grace. She's mother of God and our mother, the new Eve, the seat of wisdom. She had no original sin. She never committed sin, they say. Sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. No man goes to Christ but by his mother, i.e. Mary. Mary is the one who crushed the head of the serpent. She is the one who delivers our souls from death continues to bring us the gifts of eternal salvation and she is the one who made atonement for the sins of man that we can entrust all of our cares and petitions to her we need to give ourselves over to her now pray to her to have devotion to her and they say her body was taken up uh, and soul into glory into heaven and looking to mary is how the church is made holy and in paradise the church gathers around jesus and mary and again, I didn't quote the sources. We quoted them last week, but that's just a smattering. Again, folks, this is not make-believe. This is what they have done to Mary. Okay, She has become their uh, centerpiece. And of course, we saw it isn't just, oh, that's just not really. No, their leadership does it. We saw that again. We're going to see it again, Lord willing, tonight. The popes are doing this and have been doing it. It's all of them, folks. It's not make-believe. Unfortunately, it's true. But they also, again, say that we really should devote ourselves not to Jesus, but to Mary. Right, let me give you a couple more uh, quotes of that. Quotes, and this is from the uh, Catholic Catechism 971. The liturgical feast dedicated to the Mother of God and Mary in prayer, such as the rosary, listen, is the epitome of the whole gospel. What? So the whole gospel is you're flipping through these beads things, ripping off your prayers, that's supposed to be you working off your own punishment for your sins. That's the epitome of the gospel? That I'm just quoting it, right? They say that we need to entrust ourselves to Mary. We need to ask Mary to pray for us. Uh, and we need to pray specifically to Mary. Quote, Mary is the perfect prayer, a figure of the church. When we pray to her, we are gathering with her, adhering with her to the plan of the Father. Catechism 2679. What? The Bible does not say to pray to Mary ever once, uh, let alone any other person who's dead. Okay, Lord willing, next week we're going to get into the saints, the dead issue, 
And it's not just Mary they pray to. Mary, they say, is to be worshipped. Now, again, they say, oh, it's not worship. Yes, it is. And this is Vatican Council 2, page 420. It says this, she, when she, Mary, is the subject of preaching and worship, she prompts the faithful to come to her son. When she's the subject of what? Preaching and worship, direct quote. Okay? So you can say what you want, that's what's going on. Now, they also give titles to Mary. Again, a lot of them are, are titles uh, that are uh, also with, uh, as if she has the same qualities of God, Jesus Christ. Okay, but they have a very interesting title that they just happen to call her, and we're going to explore that tonight a little bit. They call her literally the queen over all things or the queen of heaven, right? Of all verbiage to call Mary is the queen of heaven. What in the world are you talking about? Well, most people don't realize, unfortunately, because they're not studying their Bible, uh, certainly not the Old Testament, is the queen of heaven is the same false female deity that Israel worshipped in the Old Testament, and God says, you're in a big time of trouble. Okay, with that, open your Bibles to Jeremiah 7. Let's take a look at that, Jeremiah 7. And we're going to take a look at uh, this title, Queen of Heaven. Where does it come from? And who is it? Is it Mary? Well, it's not going to be Mary. This is the Old Testament, Jeremiah's time. That can't be true. But let's take a look there at uh, Jeremiah, okay? And uh, let's take a look. Jeremiah 7. And uh, let's take a look. And what God says. All right. Now, verse, verse uh, 11, let's take a look there. Oh. There we go, 16, let's take a look there. All right. So do not pray. Now, God's speaking, of course, to Jeremiah, right? And listen to this. Do you tell me if God's not a little bit, uh, mm, not in a good mood, so to speak? Listen to this. He says this. So do not pray for this people nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with them, for I will not listen to you. How many guys would say that whoever God's talking about is in big trouble? Yeah, he's talking about Israel. Now, here's what he says. Why? Why? Why, why, can't, he why can't he even pray for these people? I mean, here's what he says. Do you not see what they are doing in the towns of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem? <clears throat> the children gather wood. The fathers like the fire. And the women knead the dough and make cakes of bread for who? The Queen of Heaven. That's the exact same title that the Catholic Church has ascribed now uh, to Mary. Very interesting. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to provide uh, me and uh, to, to provoke me to anger. But I am the one. Am I the one they are provoking? Declares the Lord. Are they not uh, rather harming themselves to their own shame? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says: My anger and my what? Wrath will be poured out on this place, on man and beast, on the trees of the field and on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Wow. What in the world's going on here that God says, man, don't even intercede for these people. It's over, man. They pushed it over the edge. It's gone. That's it. They are getting my wrath. I've had it with this behavior. Well, it's around this queen of heaven. What's the queen of heaven? Well, it occurs here, of course, in Jeremiah. It referred to the uh, Assyrian Babylonian goddess, okay, uh, known as Ishtar. It's actually where you get the word Easter from, okay, Ishtar, uh, also called Astra or Astarte, uh, depending on your translation there. Uh, she was thought to be the wife of the false god Baal, right there, also in the scripture, that unfortunately the Israelites got uh, seduced into, also known as Molech. Who was Molech? Molech, again, uh, was basically the statue, again, with Baal. And basically, they'd have this big old, big, giant old uh, uh, statue, hollow on the inside, because what they would do is they would heat it up until the statue, with arms outstretched like this, uh, would be getting uh, uh, flaming red hot. right? And what they would do is they would throw their children into the arms of Molech alive. Because they thought that that's what was going to give them. It's a fertility right. That's what was going to give them prosperity. That's what was going to you know, in, ensure you know, their, their pleasure and good living and things of that nature. Can you believe that? Can you, can you imagine a society that would literally murder children for the sake of personal convenience? And... Yeah. Old Testament's coming alive, isn't it? You wonder why God says, that's it, man. You're going to worship these entities? The Queen of Heaven's one of them. You're going to get my wrath for that one. And it says this, and uh, 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 the motivation of the woman to worship Astra stemmed from her reputation as a fertility goddess, and as the bearing of children was greatly desired among women of that era, worship of this queen of heaven was rampant among pagan civilizations, and unfortunately it 
got, uh, the Israelites got seduced into it as well. Jeremiah warns them that greater punishments await if they don't repent, and they reply, they've got no intentions of giving up their worship of idols, promising to continue pouring out these drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven and Astra, and even going so far as to credit her with the peace and prosperity they once enjoyed because of God's grace and mercy. Okay, And so in other words, that's it. They says, no, I'm not going to repent. I'm going to keep on doing it. Mm even though you're trying to warn me of this. I'm not going to stop. And that's why God says he's in. Now, first of all, there is no queen of heaven. Did you know that? Okay. There's no queen of heaven. There's there never been a queen of heaven. And uh, now there is a king of heaven. There's a king of kings and a lord of lords. Who's that? That's Jesus. He alone rules in heaven. He does not share his rule, his throne, or authority with anyone. The idea that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is this queen of heaven has no scriptural basis whatsoever. Okay, instead, the idea of Mary as the Queen of Heaven stems from the proclamations of priests and popes of the Roman Catholic Church. Mary obviously was a, a, a godly young woman. She was blessed again to be chosen to, be, uh, the, the, uh, to give birth to the Savior of the world, uh, Jesus, but she was not in any way divine. She was not sinless, nor she to be worshipped, revered, venerated, or prayed to. In fact, when you look at the Scripture, when people are approached, okay, they decline worship. Right? That's what you see in the scripture. Peter and the apostles, they refuse to be worshipped. Right? Remember Paul? Right? And, and Barnabas, they go in there, they hey, you guys must be gods. And they try to sacrifice them. No, no, no. What, we're just men like you. What are you doing? Right? Even angels in the scripture, what? Refu no. We're, what's the constant phrase in the scripture? Angels or men? When men try to worship either one of them, what's the constant biblical response? Don't worship me, worship God. So why are you saying worship Mary? Completely unbiblical. Okay, worship is to be reserved for God alone. Now, basically what has happened is Mary, the biblical, wonderful, I'm sure, godly woman who's now in heaven, Mary, has frankly been turned into one big giant idol. Okay, by the Catholic Church. Okay, now let's take a look at what constitutes an idol and is in fact the Catholic Church guilty of turning Mary into an idol and worshiping her like an idol, okay? Well, first of all, where do we see? We just finished up our Ten Commandments study on Sunday, right? First two commandments, you shall have no other gods, worship only God. Number two, not only worship only God, but what? Mm, worship no idols, right? That's the first two commandments. Now, it's actually the word there for worship in Exodus 20 there is the Hebrew word shakah, okay? Okay, and it simply means to bow down, to prostrate oneself before one who is in superior. You're, you're basically bowing down before somebody uh, who's uh, superior into you. In fact, that's what we saw basically, remember in our Hinduism study, the, the greeting that uh, I just saw another billboard for this today it's here in Vegas. It's, it's namaste. Remember that? You know, remember what namaste meant? That means I bow before the God in you. What? First of all, no other gods, and then the idol, you make an idol out of that person. It's, whoa, right? But that's what, that's what wor uh, worship in the Hebrew means, okay? It means you're bowing down to the superior. You're, you're prostrating. You're showing, giving them homage, okay? That's what it means. Now, let's take a look and see if, in fact, that is what the Catholics have done and are doing to the biblical one Mary. First of all, the Bible says you shall have no altar. Not just don't worship idols. The Bible starts getting specific, period, and starts breaking it down in an itemized list. You shall have no altars. Uh, dedicated to idols, and we see that in Second Chronicles 33. He also, uh, verse 15, he also removed the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord, as well as the altars which he had built on the mountain of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem, and he threw them outside the city. Right? So it wasn't just the idol in itself, it was the altars dedicated, housing the idol, the platform, and all this, and all the flowers, and all. Get rid of that. Not just idols. I don't even want an altar of an idol. Get out of there. Well, what do we see with the Catholics? When you go into their structures, and again, they, we saw last week, it isn't just that, oh, we don't worship Mary. Well, really, then why do you have these things all over the world that you have bought and paid for called Marian shrines? What's a shrine? So you have a whole temple all over the world to worship her, number one. But with the idols, what do you see? Even when you go into a Catholic, if you will, church sanctuary, I even hesitate to say the word church because that's a Christian word. Right, uh, But when you go into their edifices, what do you see? You see statues of Mary, and they're what? It's, just, it's in the broom closet, is what it is. Right? And just, if you just happen to need to start stacking chairs or sweeping the floor, right, and you open up that door, okay, you're going to see it. Right? No, it's in a prominent position. 
It is placed on a pedestal. It's right here. You can't miss it. It's an altar. That's a violation of Scripture. Clearly with that. Uh, you're not to bow down to images. Leviticus 26.1. And again, the commandment. You shall not make for yourselves an idol, and you shall not set up yourselves an image or a sacred pillar, and you shall uh, place a, a stone in your land and not bow down to it. I'm the Lord your God. What do we see? Oh, hey, look, that's a statue of Mary. All righty, see you later. These people, you take a look all across the world, images of Mary being elevated during feasts. We're going to see a video if I get that far with that. Uh, and what are they doing? Oftentimes, what are they doing? They are bowing down to the statue of Mary. Another violation uh, uh, of Scripture. And, and you're not to have an idol in your even heart. Okay, because again, that's worship. That's, that's only to be for God. Ezekiel 14, 3 says this, Son of man, uh, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and have uh, 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 put right before their faces the stumbling block of their iniquity. And again, what do you see with uh, Mary? These people, oh, they're just, it's just, you know, nobody's really into it. You know, it's just, you know, what? no, these people are crying, alligator. <laughs> I mean, this is veneration. It's veneration from the heart. These people really believe that this idol that they have made Mary into is going to do what they say we need to do, that she is going to get us to heaven. She's going to intercede to Jesus and put in a good word for us. She's the one who's going to be responsible for the blessings we need, and they are deadly. They're doing it from the heart. You're not to venerate an idol from the heart. You're not also to kiss an idol. Right? Hosea 13.2. And now they sin more and more, and they make for themselves molten images, idols skillfully made from their silver. All of them work of the craftsmen. They say to them, let the men who sacrifice kiss the calves. That's kind of hard to say, because cows are good. But I guess you shouldn't kiss them. You can eat them. <laughs> I had to fix that a little bit. No, I, you don't need to fix God's word. Praise God. Okay, kiss the calf. Well, they, why, why are they saying that? Because what was the context? What was one of the idols they had unfortunately made? Calves, the golden calves, right? So don't kiss it, right? Like, just give me, right? So what do you see? All over the world, Catholics not only bow down to the statues of Mary, they're not only, you know, worship from the heart, but also ceremoniously, they kiss the statue's feet. And there is no record found from the Vatican denouncing such a practice. And the Bible says, don't you dare do that. Don't you? That's, that's, an, that's an attitude of worship. You pay homage to. Shekah in the Hebrew. Uh, making graven images, of course. Uh, what's big cash? Idols. And again, we're going to see next week, it ain't just Mary. They make all kinds of figurines, right? They do Jesus, they do Joseph. Throw in the saints, and boy, wait till we get to that one next week. I got a big old long list. They got a saint for everything. I haven't read through all of them yet, but it's like, what do you got a saint for corns? I got this thing on my toe and get saying, you know. Who, I, I, you think I'm joking? Wait till you see the list. There's, it's like, what? And these are a bunch of dead people. I'm going to pray to dead people to fix things? Whoa, it's crazy, folks. Right? But again, if you're going to pray to the so-and-so and they're going to give you good luck and they're going to cause them not to rain or do this or give you money or blah, 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 then it sure would help if you had a figurine. Now, you can call it a figurine. You can call it a fig tree. You can call it a, a mo and schmo. It's called an idol. And if you pray to that thing, it's an idol. If you think that thing's going to give you good luck, it's an idol, right? So we'll get into that uh, next week. But that's what these they uh, have done. But again, as we saw before, so then that starts to make sense then why you would manipulate the Ten Commandments in your version of the Ten Commandments. They have removed, as we talked about before, they have removed the Second Commandment. What's the Second Commandment? You shall have no idols. Well, that would give us nine. So how do you still end up with ten? Well, they take the tenth one, coveting, and they turn it into two. So you can still end up with ten. That's not only trickery, that's twisting the scripture, but now you see why they do it. Because you can't have that big giant command, don't worship idols, if everything's based on idol worship, including Mary. And plus, there's big bucks in that, you know. Things aren't cheap. And plus, if you really want to be religious, you pay for a priest to come and bless your idols. And that's supposed to, like, get them supercharged or something. <laughs> what? It, the whole thing starts to fall apart. Making, again, male and female images, Deuteronomy 4.15. We just talked about that. Uh, praying to idols, Isaiah 44.17. But the rest of it, uh, he makes into a god his graven engine. He falls down before it and worship. He prays to it and says, deliver me for you are my god. What are these people doing? What are they telling you and I need to do? 
We need to not just pray to Mary, but pray to Mary for what? To get us to heaven, to forgive us of our sins, to get us to the Father, to deliver us. It's a direct violation. Also, uh, another one, a request for deliverance you're not supposed to do, and we just uh, talked about that. So the point is, come on. Are you serious? Maybe, maybe it's just a fringe group. Maybe it's just in those you know, backwoods countries. With all due respect, Tom, you, you know my sarcasm too well. Because <laughs> it leads to the video. Folks, they are doing this today, and this is commonplace if we're honest, okay? We're going to take a look at a bunch of different ones, even here in America, even in Israel, if you can believe that, okay? These people have turned Mary into an idol, and they are venerating her, they're kissing her, they're worshiping her, they're praying to her. Folks, this is common practice today. It's not a fringe issue, it's common practice today. So let's take a look at that first video. Some people believe this is just a carving in a tree. Others believe that it's a miracle. It's a small carving in a tree, measuring about six inches in length, but now hundreds of people are coming by just to take a glimpse of the carving. A carving, they believe, is of the Virgin Mary. Why do you believe? She said that she feel it in her heart. She feel it inside that it was the Virgin of Guadalupe. Elba was the first to spot the carving Tuesday afternoon on her way to the store here on busy Bergen Line Avenue in West New York, New Jersey. By nightfall, word began to spread and the faithful began to gather, so much so that police had to put up barricades and station several officers here. The site has become a sort of tourist attraction with pics of the carving now being sold here. Like all this spiritual energy in that one uh, carving of her, it's amazing. Gianni and his mother Lillian are among the many also praying here. People here believe this carving resembles the Roman Catholic icon known as Our Lady of Guadalupe. Many in the crowd tell Fox 5 that they believe the carving also holds mystical powers. Right now I'm having a lot of sensational feelings and a lot of energies going through my body. And when I touched her, it's yeah. like my fingers felt numb. Believers are flocking Hail Mary, to this Baton Rouge neighborhood to see a statue of Mother Mary with her own eyes. The faith of all the people who are coming here is at stake. You see, everyone here believes the statue is bleeding. Hai Win is the owner. His daughter translated for us and says he was doing lawn work when the unexpected happened. He looked up and he saw blood flowing down. Blood dripping from the side of Mary's face. And the word spread quickly. He don't have to explain it. It's, he just know that maybe the God sent a message through Mary. One faithful says he has seen these manifestations before. A possible miracle right in their living room. A family in northern Israel bought a statue of the Virgin Mary last year. Now they say the statue appears to be crying. Osama Khoury, his wife and children are Greek Orthodox. Some Muslim neighbors have seen the tears as well. It started when Amira Khoury recently noticed the statue was seemingly covered with oil. She says it even spoke to her, telling her not to be afraid. Word of this has quickly spread. Some 2,000 people of all faiths have come to see the statue in just the last week. 2,000 people, not just Catholics, 2,000 people from all faiths. Did you hear the catch that? Even the Muslim neighbor... What? Wow, it sounds like this is an idol. This is a woman figure custom-made for all religions to gather around. What does that sound like? Revelation 17, the woman that rides the beast. And it's, still, it's going on today, even in, believe it or not, Israel. Okay, And I'm sorry with that one with the bleeding. I don't know if you heard me with my comment there on the video. was going with the thing on the head. It's called a pigeon dropping give me a break that's not blood i'm sorry it's just but it's crazy it's just like but again but notice what they were doing and notice they have you seen it around here in vegas and other places it's not just around just us right when these supposed sightings of whatever in a tree bark or whatever or something you know look on the sidewalk you know whatever it is have you noticed people leave flowers they leave money they burn candles and what did jeremiah say the people were doing with the queen of heaven they were pouring out drink offerings Lighting the fire, bread, cakes. Same thing's being repeated. It's all there in the scripture. Now, I'll just give you one more. In fact, they even go so far as that, listen, and I quote, this is from the handbook of today's Catholic, page 31, that Mary is preparing a home for you. 
It's a direct violation of John 14, right? Quote, this mother, i.e. Mary, is waiting and preparing your home for you. You've got to be kidding me. So the question is, where in the world are they getting this from? That's kind of where we left that off last week. Well, a couple of different areas. Now, again, this is back to what happens. How do you know you're getting involved in a, a cult? Well, it's when your authority, and when your authority gets outside the Bible, and we saw even their Bible, of course, is not even the same Bible as our Bible. Our Ten Commandments aren't even the same as their Ten Commandments because they twist the Scripture. Uh, but it, uh, amongst that, they go by the teachings of, of the popes and, and ruling of church councils, and they, they put it in the lap of man not just solely in the Word of God. That's, that's a sh- uh, sure sign. So number one, the reason why they're doing this because they are listening to the teachings of man. The first one is the teachings of man. Why are they worshiping Mary? It's the teachings of man. Okay, And again, uh, Lord willing, uh, next couple of weeks we're going to see a whole bunch of other false teachings because of their teachings of man, Catholic man. Uh, they again say about Mary, they don't just worship her. Uh, they have what's called the Immaculate Conception, as we saw before. Immaculate Conception is not the same thing as the virgin birth. The Immaculate Conception is their belief that they and their teaching that they say that Mary was without sin. Is that what the Bible says? No. Romans chapter 3 says what? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that includes Mary. Uh, Luke chapter 1, what's Mary say? Right? When she was blessed with the new... What? My soul, what's that? My soul, verse 47, rejoices in God, my Savior. In order for somebody to need a Savior, you need to be saved from sin. So she even admitted that she was, in fact, what Paul said in Romans 3, a sinner just like everybody else in need of saving. And Luke chapter 2, if Mary, in fact, was sinless, right? then why is it after the birth of Jesus that they needed to go and offer a sacrifice for sin with the turtle doves or pigeons? You can't get around it, okay? But, but again, well, you, you and I would sit there and go, we shake our heads and, and do that thing I was just doing, right? <laughs> we them, like, that's not compute, right? Well, I do. Because we think, oh, well, everybody follows this Bible. If it's not in the Bible, then you don't believe it. That's not true. Their Bible's not even the same Bible as ours. That's problem number one. Number two, they follow the teachings of man. It's the same thing when you try to witness to uh, the Mormons and they say, oh, we believe in the Bible. Yeah, sure you do. And then you point out even from the Bible where they got it wrong, what do they do? They back up, oh, but, but the Book of Mormon says, or Joseph Smith said, or the prophet said, right? So you don't follow it, right? It's the same thing uh, with Roman Catholics. So, uh, but they also have another false teaching called the perpetual virginity of Mary, Right, And that was, they say, well, that she was also not sinless, only sinless, they say, which is a heresy. They also say that she was a perpetual virgin, a virgin for her whole life. Well, Matthew chapter 1, verse 25 does tell us that Joseph, of course, did not have sexual relations with Mary until after Jesus was born, right? Hence the virgin birth. That is important to believe in. But that's not what they're saying. They said she was a virgin her whole life. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Open your Bible to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Let's take a look there. Matthew 13. 55, 56. Let's take a look somewhere around that area there. And uh, let's take a look there. Now, Jesus, it's actually start 53. Prophet without honor, so he's preaching in his hometown. Right? His hometown folks recognize him. All right? They know who he is. And in fact, they know who he is. They know who his family is. And listen to what they say about his family. Jesus. Was he an only child? I don't think so. Let's take a look here. Uh, verse 53, when Jesus had finished these uh, 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 parables, he, he moved on from there and coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in the synagogue and they were amazed. And man, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? I mean, they asked, hey, wait a second, we know this guy, right? Isn't this the carpenter's son, i.e. Joseph? And isn't his mother's name who? Mary. And aren't his, what? How many guys realize that you can't be a virgin if you have kids? And it wasn't singular, it said brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and aren't all his, ooh, sisters? Wow, and aren't all his sisters with this? And that's plural too. So God obviously blessed Joseph and Mary after the virgin birth of Jesus with a whole slug of kids, which is a blessing according to God. Blesses as many as quivers full of them, right? And so I get choked up too about too, John, just thinking about it. Kids are just awesome, man. And, but, uh, but anyway, so no, so excuse me. So how in the world could you say that she was a perpetual virgin when it's clear from the scripture that she had a whole bunch of other kids? 
It's crazy. So how, how can you, how can you, can you even go there? Again, but, well, because they, you and I would quote scripture. They go, oh, but Pope so-and-so said. Who cares what Pope so-and-so said? But that's the problem with the, occult, the cults. They don't listen to only the scripture. That's why we have so many different world religions, cults, and the occult today. It's an authority issue. In fact, they have what's called, I won't go into it too deep. Uh, I just listed two of the four. It's called the, the, the uh, four Marian dogmas. The four big teachings they have about Mary. Uh, and they would say, of course, the perpetual virginity. We just talked about that. The immaculate conception. But they also say that she's the mother of God. That's a logical absurdity. Uh, uh, because, think about it. Because God, by definition, is supreme. He's a supreme being. Well, what makes him supreme? He's all-powerful, everywhere present, all-knowing, and he's self-existent. Even a secular philosopher would have to admit that if there's a God, a supreme being, he has to fit those, Right? So he has to be all-powerful because if somebody was more powerful than him, then he wouldn't be supreme. He couldn't be God by definition. He has to know everything because if he didn't know everything, then there's a deficiency, and how could he be supreme? How could he be God? He's got to be everywhere. He can't be limited because if he's limited, then somebody's got one over on him, so to speak, and he can't be God. And he has to be self-existent. What does that mean? It means that he's not dependent on somebody for his existence. And that's why God is eternal. He always is, right? right? He's the same yesterday, same forever, right? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He just is. When we get to heaven, it's a state of eternity. There is no time. God is above and beyond time. He's, just, he's self-existent, right? But in order to be born, if you were born, hence somebody was your mother so that you could be born, that means you had a what? Beginning point. God can't have a beginning point by definition. So how could Mary be the mother of God? It's ridiculous, right? Plus, if she's the mother of God, then that would make her what? God's dependent upon her for existence, which she would have to be God, and she had to be eternal. And say, what? But again, it makes no sense to you and I, and it certainly isn't biblical, but that's because they're not just listening to the Scripture. They all say that it was the bodily assumption of Mary, and that was uh, officialized in 1950, uh, and basically they say that she was bodily taken into heaven, and again, shocker, there's no biblical evidence uh, for that as well. But the second one, we gave you a little teaser last time, we'll finish up, is not just the teachings of man. Why in the world? How do they get this Mary worship? you got to be kidding me. Why? And how sad it is. Can you imagine the real Mary in heaven, knowing what's going on, how they twisted her? Just, mm, wow. I'll tell you what, it's sad. Not only the teachings of man, but it's also the visions of demons. Ooh, that sounds pretty creepy. But believe it or not, that's exactly uh, another big reason why uh, they say we need to worship Mary, and that is with these so-called apparitions of Mary that are appearing all over the planet. And they have not uh, only recently, but they've been going on for quite some time. Now, and it's not just, well, that's just some friends group of people. That's not authoritative. The Catholic Church does not really promote. Yes, they do. And I'm going to read to you, okay, the, uh, this is the official apparitions sanctioned by the Catholic Church. So they approve of this, and they promote this. And again, they, they, all of a, it's people saying that they see a vision of an actual apparition of Mary, and this apparition speaks to them. And of course, what does this apparition speak to them? Worship me, I'm your salvation, all that stuff. Let me just give you a couple examples. 1531, uh, Guadalupe, Mexico, uh, an appearance to a guy named uh, Juan Diego. And this is what the apparition said to him. No, no for sure, my dearest, littlest, and youngest son, that I am the perfect and ever-virgin Holy Mary. I am truly your merciful mother, yours and all the people, my lovers who love me, those who seek me, those who trust in me. Here I will hear their weeping and their complaints and heal all their sorrows, hardships, and suffering. Am I not here? I, who am your mother, are you not under my shadow of protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need anything more? This thing, Mary takes care of us? Mary, what? Hey, Mary. But this is their official. Uh, 1858, Lord's France. This is one of the bigger ones. Uh, a young girl named uh, uh, Bernadette Subirius, however you pronounce it, claimed to have seen Mary several times in a, here it is again, folks, in a cave. Turn to somebody and say, don't go into caves. <laughs> How many times have we seen, including Islam, that's where it started, remember, Muhammad went into a cave. Joseph Smith, we'll see that next in the next chapter. How'd he get it started? He put a rock in a hat, and that's where he got the whole thing from. Not making it up. Stay out of caves, stay out of dark places. Even if you create it with a hat. But she goes into a cave, right? She goes into a cave, 
and supposedly saw Mary several times, and the, the apparition told her, quote, kiss the ground as a penance for sinners, and I am the Immaculate Conception. 1917, that's one of the biggest ones that's the most famous, but again, it's not the only one. There's tons of them. And that's the, the Fatima, or Fatima, however you want to call it, in Portugal. In 1917, oh, that's 100 years ago. Wait till you see what the Pope Francis is doing with the 100th anniversary. Uh, 1917, three children, Jacinto, Mardo, Lucia Santos, and Francisco Marto, said that an apparition of Mary appeared to them that was brighter than the sun. Mm, the sun, I got one, just a second. Uh, and here's what the apparition said, amongst other things. Are you willing to offer yourselves to God to bear all the sufferings he wants to send you as an act of reparation for the sins by which he's offended? What? So you suffer to pay off your sins? It's St. Mary, right? Uh, establish the devotion to my immaculate heart throughout the world. I, this is supposed to be Mary, I promise salvation to whoever embraces it. These souls will be dear to God like flowers by me, uh, put by me to adorn his throne. This is why. And you think, well, that was just way back then. They don't do that today. Well, listen to this one. 50 people, 50 people go blind after staring at the sun trying to see the Virgin Mary. Actual article, I'm not making it up, and it's not on joshmo.com. And I quote, this was in India, and I quote, at least 50 people in the Kadiyam district have reportedly lost their vision after gazing at the sun looking for an image of the Virgin Mary. Though alarmed uh, health authorities have installed a signboard to counter the rumor that a solar image of the Virgin Mary appeared to the believers, curious onlookers, though, including foreign travelers, have been thronging to the venue of the miracle, right? Word gets out that that bark looks like Mary, People are going to go, and they did to this. But the person said it was in the sun. So St. Joseph ENT in the eye hospital has recorded uh, multiple cases of vision loss due to the photochemical burns on the retina. The damages to the macula, the most sensitive part of the retina, they have developed burns after continually gazing at the sun. When the doctors found a pattern in the case sheets, they reported it to the district medical officer. In other words, people kept coming in. Oh, here comes another one. Their eyes are fried. Oh, your eyes are fried too? You got fried. How many fried eyes do we got today? Right? Would you like fried eyes with your order? You to, and so they say, whoa, something's going on here. This is not by chance. What's with all these fried eyeballs? Right? Anyway, the health department uh, has now put up a signboard at the hotel's house near uh, Arumali uh, where the divine image is said to have appeared warning people about exposing their eyes to the sunlight. Now, a hotelier who has since moved to another house has claimed that statues of Mother Mary in his house have been crying honey and bleeding oil and perfumes. Now, I guess there's a certain element of bravery in that. Because me personally, if some of the artwork in my house starts bleeding, I'm going to scream and run. I'm going to burn it. I'm going to stomp on it. Right? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Are you kidding? Right? Though people have been flocking to the blessed land... Hastily christened Rosa Mystica Mountain. Uh, the, uh, the mad rush for the image of the sky began a week ago. There are quite a few people still seeking the miracle despite the experiences of their unfortunate predecessors and strict health warnings against gazing the sun with the naked eye. They're mostly girls in 12 to 26 age group. The youngest, of course, is 12. The oldest is 60. Most of them were looking at the sun between 2 and 4 p.m. when the UV rays are at their worst. It's crazy. Okay? Still doing it today, folks. Hey, Mary! Uh! Gotta be kidding me, folks. But again, that's, why would you do something like that? Because you're worshiping her. You're not worshiping Jesus. You're seduced by a false teaching, by the so-called queen of heaven, and you're frying your eyeballs out. And how sad that is. How sad that is as somebody's being led astray. And how sad it is, I'm gonna do it again. Then on TV, they say, and now for the Christian voice. And they bring up a priest. Talk about fried eyeballs. Fries your eyeballs when you see that on TV. At least it does mine. Uh, again, Guadalupe, Mexico. I'm just going to give you a bunch of uh, Poland, uh, 1578. And these are all apparitions that the Catholic Church approves. These are approved ones. They say, oh, yeah, we put our stamp of approval. This really happened. Right? Okay, Poland, 1578. Lithuania, 1608. France, 1664. France, 1830. Italy, 1842. France, 1846. Uh, France, 1858. Wisconsin, here in the United States, 1859. Czech Republic, uh, 1866. France again, 1871. Poland again, 1877. Ireland, 1879. 
Portugal, 1917, that's that Fatima. Uh, Belgium, 1932. Belgium again, 1933. And even Rwanda in 1981, where this so-called vision of Mary appeared to several children, reminding them of the, uh, uh, the efficacy of fasting and of prayer, especially the reciting of the rosary and promoting that as well. So it's still going on. Notice that it's in multiple uh, countries around the world. So it's a global event, right, this apparition. So what is this apparition? It rhymes with demon. Who said that? Oh, I did. Yes, demon is what it is. Now, where do you get that? You Christians, everything you disagree with, you always blame it on the devil, it's a demon. No, that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says, right? First of all, Jesus said, Luke 16, where the person dies, there's a great chasm fixed between the two. And he specifically says the great chasm that you're not crossing over back and forth, right? So when you die, when a person dies, you go to heaven. And if you're not a Christian, you go to hell. You do not come back. You do not come back. Now, Mary was a godly woman. She was a Christian. So when she died, where'd she go? 2 Corinthians 5.8, absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. There is no purgatory. We saw that many times. That's a lie. Okay, you go straight to be with Jesus. Praise God. How many guys are glad that when you get to heaven, you don't come back? Right? And you can't get kicked out. Woohoo! <laughs> Except for, uh, no, you're doing pretty good this week. No, no. You better start flipping through something. No, uh, uh, no. You, you praise God. You are praise, God. and that's a blessing, right? So Mary obviously is where. Where has Mary been for the last approximately two thousand years from our time scale? Heaven, right? Is she coming back? No, she's not coming back. So what does that mean? What are these apparitions in? Because I'm not discounting that they're seeing something. I'm not discounting that they are even hearing something. I'm not discounting that this apparition is even speaking something. But what's the Bible say? The Bible says that Satan can masquerade as an angel of light, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 4. And the Bible actually has a name for these in the Old Testament. It's called a familiar, as we saw before in our New Age study, I believe, a familiar spirit. And that's what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 18, when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices a son or daughter in the fire. What's he talking about that? Molech, we just described it. God says, don't you, oh, how dare you murder your own children for the sake of your personal well-being. Who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells, or who is a medium or spiritist. Some translations might say they're familiar spirit. The word they're familiar in Latin is familiaris. It means a household servant. Now, in the occult, that's the whole belief. That these people are conjuring up the sorceries, the witches. Uh, I told you these stories with my testimony with the girl doing the pentagram, conjuring up demons. This really happened. Okay, it's not make-believe. Sometimes these things really do come out. Okay, and, but what they believe in the, the occult, and we'll get into this old one once we get into that section at the end of our uh, workbook, start eight five thousand three hundred twenty-two. Uh, is that these, when you do these things, these, uh, they're a familiar spirit. In other words, that they're, they're a household servant. They're there to serve you. You conjure them up, right? You bound them by your words and your rituals, and everyone has their different ways you're supposed to do that. But they're bound to do what you want them to do. They're your household servant, a familiar spirit. They're there to do what you say, right? To get information or go put a curse on somebody or go do this, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie, Right? There's one and only one who controls the demons. That's Jesus Christ. Now, praise God if you ever have a demon uh, show up in your premises, okay, or you're experiencing demon warfare, demonic warfare, and yes, it still happens today, folks, okay. Uh, what are the witches doing right now? Praying against Trump, right? This is real stuff, folks, going on. Okay, so, but uh, if, if you got one, what do you do? The privilege of being a Christian, Amen in the name and authority of not us, in the name and authority of Jesus Christ, commands you to leave, and they must obey, cower, and flee. There's something about the name of Jesus Christ. right? So that's the privilege that we have. But that's what these guys think. They think these demons, they're a familiar spirit. They're a household servant. They're there to serve them and whatever. And God says, don't you do that, because this is uh, a way uh, that you are going to be duped. You are connecting with demon spirits. Don't do this. Anyone God says there who does this, and Israel was doing this, unfortunately, along with Molech and the burning of the children, that he says that is detestable to the Lord. You shall not do these things, right, in the land that I'm giving you, okay? Uh, but some other avenues, this is very interesting. 
through which demons or familiar spirits can gain entrance into a person's life, right, is through divination, right? Do the pentagram, do the ritual, do all that stuff. And okay, that, that is one. Uh, transcendental meditation, remember, get yourself into an altered state of consciousness, right? Visualization, which is another way to get into altered state of consciousness. Uh, necromancy, witchcraft, drugs, and alcohol. Why? Because it gets you into an altered state of consciousness. Uh, these are all activities that believers are exhorted to avoid when you look at the scripture. Right? Oh, can I add another one to this list? The supposed apparitions of the Virgin Mary will also get you connected with a familiar spirit. This is not the Virgin Mary. This is a familiar spirit that is appearing, acting like Mary, giving the impression of Mary, but masquerading. It is, she's masquerading as Mary, but she is a, it is a demon leading people astray. Well, why would these people all of a sudden appear? Well, you're in a cave. What are you doing? Well, what's the practice of the Roman Catholic Church? I'm on my 50th time. And what do we see? What do we find in the Hinduism? And Buddhists with the mantras. What are some ways to get into an altered state of consciousness? Repetitive movement, repetitive speech to the point where it becomes mindless. Mm, it's a form of self-hypnosis. So even in the very practices, and these people are flipping through their beads, they're going to these supposed sacred places and caves, and the next thing you know, this thing appears. It's a whole setup. It's what's going on. There, this thing is not married. Now, as I said before, uh, oh, by the way, Job is very replete with this. He calls it the place of no return. Over and over again in the book of Job, that when you die, you go to the place of no return. You're not returned. You're not coming back. Okay? But anyway, but again, this was fantastic. This is really what they believe this on, and these apparitions are saying, yes, yes, that's right. You need to worship me, Mary. Okay, etc. You need to. I'm the one that's going to get you to heaven. I'm the one's all. You need to. In fact, the other things that these apparitions are saying is you need to build these shrines all over the world in worship, and so that's the other thing that's going on there with these Marian shrines. So it's not just the false teachings of man. They are listening to the visions and teachings coming from literal demons. And what's interesting, remember 1 Timothy, was it? 1 Timothy 4? It says in the last days that people, they're not just going to turn aside from the truth. What are they going to do? They're going to listen to doctrines of demons. Specifically uses that word. Could you say that's true, certainly, of this? Absolutely. So that certainly is one thing. But... Again, to think, oh, no, it's just a friend. No, the popes, are, they really are behind these demonic apparitions. In fact, Pope Francis remembers the century of Fatima, right? Because it was 1917, do the math, this year's 100 years. And I quote, this is a recent article, okay, from the 22nd, okay? And it says this, Pope Francis on Wednesday recalled this year's, uh, marks this, uh, Centurion of the apparitions of Fatima. Speaking to German pilgrims during his general audience, the Holy Father said, quote, let us entrust ourselves to Mary. What? Is that what the Bible says to do? No, it's a direct quote. It just happened a couple weeks ago. To Mary, mother of hope, who invites us to turn our gaze towards salvation, towards a new world and a new humanity. Yeah, it's called the Antichrist kingdom with the woman riding the beast and you don't want to be a part of it. It's called the seven-year tribulation. Run! All right, but that's what uh, he's talking about. Last December, the article goes on to say, the Vatican confirmed that Pope Francis will go on a pilgrimage to the sanctuary of Our Lady of Fatima on uh, the 12th and 13th May of this year. So he's getting ready to head over there too. Again, and visit that shrine. And we saw last week, he visited this shrine and that shrine. He's, uh, he's shrining big time uh, with Mary. Okay, and uh, but in fact, what he did in this report is Pope Francis. Listen, he didn't just say, "Let us entrust ourselves to Mary." He went into a ritual and he entrusted the world to this image of Fatima to a demonic apparition. Here's the video. You tell me if they don't really worship idols, they don't worship Mary even from the top down. Folks, let's take a look at this.
That's their own news channel. No, they don't worship Mary. What are you guys, a bunch of wackos? You Protestants, you don't know nothing. Excuse me? Did you, did you notice that she wasn't just an idol? They were carrying what? An idol. Oh, when they put her up there, it was on an altar. And, and, and what did he do? Paid homage to it, surrounded by flowers and other things. And then he got out that bug sensor thing. He was getting rid of mosquitoes, whatever he was doing. I don't know. It could have, you know he just got tired of slapping himself. I don't know what that was. No, well, incense. What's incense for? Worship. What is this? I'm not making this up. Like some conspiracy theory. Did you see the look on his face there at the beginning? Was, to me, I was like, it was like, if I have to look at another idol, I'm going to, you know, it's just like, but unfortunately, that's probably not what it was, as you can see by his behavior. In fact, it does make you wonder, because remember we saw last week what he carries with him in his pockets? He's always got that rosary thing flipping on. How many times a day is he doing that? And if you keep getting into that mindless thing, mm, don't know, starts to add up. Isn't it wild? But again, I may have sounded harsh when I first started. When I said, when I see this on TV, you know, you hope it's righteous indignation and not the flesh. But I'm hoping you're starting to understand not just the media is duping people thinking that Catholicism is Christianity. It's not at all. But when you hear other so-called Christians argue with you, it blows me away. Because we're the ones who know the truth, and we're supposed to be leading people, even Catholics, away from that. This is serious stuff. And that's why we're in our study. Lord willing, next week we're going to get into another unfortunate false teaching, and that is what is called saint worship. Uh, amongst other things, but we'll get to that, Lord willing, next week. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness, or the wrong things that we have done, have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin, or unholiness, uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like Him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. 
One more out of the Ten Commandments says you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that? right now well this has been pastor billy crone of sunrise baptist church and and get a life ministries and if there's anything that we can do for you uh please don't hesitate uh to contact us uh our number our information will uh come up here on the screen shortly 
And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.